much better. Appreciate that. My name is Bobby and uh, one of the pastors here at the Ridge. We're so glad that you guys are here as we start this brand new series today called uh, Planting Trees. And so uh, what we're going to be doing for the next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about uh, generosity. And, and most specifically, we're going to be talking about the, the root of generosity. And so uh, for those of you who hear the word generosity and immediately start to get nervous and start to sweat a little bit because we're talking about uh, possessions and money and things like that, we already took up the offering. Breathe. It's okay. It's all right. So we're not hitting you up for any more money. I don't need a Cadillac. It's all... It's all good, you know, um, we're good, we're good there. So what we're going to be doing is uh, today specifically is we're going to be talking about uh, motivations for generosity and, and what it is that, that compels us and, and leads us to generosity. And so I want to share with you two motivations that we have for generosity. And so I want you to understand this is that, that generosity specifically is much more than giving. It's much more than that. Generosity, is, it goes way further beyond our wallets. It goes way further beyond our, our possessions. It goes way further beyond the things that, that, that we think generosity comes from. And so it's our hope and our prayers that through these two weeks that you will begin to see generosity through the light and the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because generosity the root of generosity is found within the gospel. The root of generosity is, is right there in the middle of the gospel. And I, I, I want to, to share with you and hope that, that you will see this and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does best, and that is change your heart and your view of generosity in the light of the gospel. Now, uh, I, I blogged about this on our church blog uh, just this past week, but for those of you that missed it, I'll, I'll tell the story uh, again just to set us up. Um, back when uh, I was a student pastor, one of my favorite things to do was to take students to camp, and we would take them to camp. We would go on week-long trips to, to different places to do camp, and you know it would be great experiences for our students. And this one particular uh, time, I was uh, at this camp, and uh, we... Every evening we would have worship gatherings together, and so hundreds of teenagers, thousands of teenagers even at times would gather together and, and worship together. And uh, I'd forgotten my Bible, and so I was running back to uh, our dorm areas to, to get uh, my Bible. And as I'm going back, I happen to see this uh, guy who's sitting there at the entrance to uh, where I'm walking in to get my stuff. And he's just kind of sitting there, and he's, you know, he's got his headphones on, and he just has that look on his face like, don't touch me, don't talk to me, don't be anywhere near me, and so I did what all pastors do. I talked to him, right? You know, you know so I, 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 you know, I kind of went over to him and tapped him on the shoulder, and he took his headphones down, and you could hear the music just blaring in his headphones, you know, and I'm really surprised that he could actually hear me because it was really, really loud. And, uh, and I just asked him, I was like, hey man, what are you listening to? And so we start to have this conversation about the music that he's listening to, and he's listening to some some pretty hardcore uh, rock stuff, and uh, which is fine, you know. I, I, I'm I'm actually into that kind of thing, and so uh, you know, we got to talking about some of that, and you know, we're, he I think he was kind of surprised, you know, when he was telling me what he was listening to. I was like, yeah, I got that, you know. I was telling him about you know the stuff that I'm listening to and everything, and and then he he says this, he says he says, you know, I would I would really listen to uh, Christian rock music if there was good Christian rock music. And so I, I was, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm immediately thinking about some of the, the Christian hard rock music that, that I listen to and some of the stuff that, that I had in my CD case. And for those of you who don't know what a CD is, it's a little round thing. 
we use it as coasters and frisbees now, but for those of you that are in middle school, it, we used to listen to music on them. Anyway, and so I, I was like, I, I've got this CD in my case, and so I'm thinking to myself, though, I'm like, man, I, I really love this CD that I've got, and it's the only one, like, like they stopped making it. Like the band is still around, but this band, like, that you can't get this CD anywhere else. So, like, there was no iTunes. I couldn't go to iTunes and download it anymore, right? Like, that, that didn't exist at this time. And so I'm thinking, if I give this CD to this guy, I will never get it back. Like, it, that'll be it. It'll be gone. I'll never be able to hear this music again. And so in my mind, I'm having this internal battle. You know, you kind of got, like, you know, the angel here and the devil here, right? You know, they're just kind of going at it. And I've got this internal battle going on. Should I give over this music to this guy who I, I know it will really bless, or at least I, I think it will. And so I, I'm like, oh, you know, I finished my conversation up with the guy. So I, I go back to my room. I get my Bible. And as I'm getting my Bible, it was like, just I, I just grab the CD, you know, I grab it, and I hold it in my hand, and I'm pretty sure I, like, broke it holding on to it so tight, because, you know, I'm just like, and so I go out, and I, and I, I hand it to the guy, and, and he tries to take it from my hand, and I'm not letting it go, you know, I'm like, you should listen to this, you know, and, and I give it to him, and I'm like, hey, you, you should listen to this, I think, I think you'll really like it, and uh, I'm just being honest with you, I walked away from that going, man, I shouldn't have gave that guy that CD. I'm going to miss it, you know, like, like the, the wickedness inside of my heart toward generosity, like, like I, I did not understand generosity through the lens of the gospel. I did not understand generosity in, in that, that because Christ was a giver to us, we also, in reflection of him and his gospel, should also be givers, always, with everything, with everything, we'll get to that in a minute, but I, long story short, I ended up giving the guy the CD a couple of nights later. I, I look over and I happen to see him standing to his feet when it's time for those who uh, have been called to, to come and, and accept Christ as their Savior, and, and he is, is standing to his feet. And I was talking to him afterwards, and, and we're talking about it, and he was like, man, the, the message on that CD, the music in, in that just really spoke to me, and I've not stopped listening to it. And, uh, and I was like, can I have it back? No, I, I didn't. But <laughs> I wanted to. Listen, there's still an unsanctified part of me that wants to come out sometime. But no, I was like, you know, it was awesome. It was was awesome. But, you know, the point is, is is that this wickedness and this this greediness inside of me, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you, it's still there. It's still there because I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But there is a, a little bit of a difference in me from that point forward where I began to see generosity differently. And I began to see that, that everything that I have, nothing I have is mine. It's not. I, I get to borrow it for a little while. And if I get to, to hold on to it forever, then that's, that's okay, but, but it's not mine. It wasn't given to me for me to be able to just keep and call mine. It was given to me so that I could look to the giver and be blessed by that. Generosity was really this foreign concept to me, and I, I didn't understand that, that generosity starts in our hearts, not in our wallets, nor in our hands. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, where our treasure is, our heart will also be, didn't he? Matthew 6, 21, he says, where our, where our treasure is, that, that there will, will our heart also be. And so what he's, he's saying is he's painting a picture for us, and he's showing this picture. He's saying, what, what, whatever you find to be most valuable to you, 
your heart will also be there. You will also find your heart there, meaning that, that you've dumped your entire being and your entire life into that treasure. So what is your treasure? What is your treasure? We have to, to, to have something to, to base this from, obviously, and what we base all of this from is, is simply it's the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and, and what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news, isn't it? It's the good news that, that Jesus Christ was, he came, he came here to, to be among us, to, to live in the neighborhood, right? That's what the message says about how the incarnation happened, that, that God was put into the flesh through Christ Jesus. He came to be with us. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified. He was buried. He was resurrected. And he's coming again. And that's good news. When we put that together, we put that together, and that is what brings us to rescue and salvation. And within that, we find that to be the good news. And so the gospel is the good news for us. And so the, the root of this generosity that we're talking about is the gospel. It is the gospel. Um, how many of you are on uh, Facebook? Fa- Facebook? Okay. Just, just about everybody. Facebook. Well, uh, okay, not every, me and Tim, that's right, we're not, that's right. And, 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 and by the way, okay, yeah, two, all right, two of us are not, that's awesome. All right, so uh, listen, listen here, here's the deal, Facebook. Facebook was created by this guy uh, named Mark Zuckerberg, and Mark Zuckerberg uh, if you've seen the movie Social Network, like you, you see that movie and you kind of get this picture of Mark Zuckerberg as this really ruthless kind of guy, and well, if, if you're going to have a company like Facebook, there, there's some ruthlessness to you there, but it, it's kind of painted a picture of him to be this really stingy, greedy, you know, ungenerous type of guy. But really, to be honest, there are, uh, there's this list and uh, who, uh, you know, Forbes puts out this list every year of the most generous people in the world. And on that list, every year, you can find people like, uh, you know, um, Warren Buffett, right? You can find guys like him who's worth billions of dollars. You can find uh, uh, the CEO of, of Microsoft, Bill Gates, is on there. He's always on there. But I was surprised to find out that the top of the list this past year was the creator and the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg this past year gave away to different charities, gave away nearly one billion, with a B, billion dollars. Just gave it away. Gave it away to different charities, uh, gave it away to different uh, you know, organizations and things like that. So Mark Zuckerberg gave away nearly one billion dollars. And we look at that and we think, wow, that's, that's amazing. That's a lot of money. Most of us will never, ever, 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 ever see that much money. And if you do ever see that much money, let's talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, let's talk. Uh, but, like, we'll never see that much money. And Mark Zuckerberg, he just gave it away. He just, he just gave it away. And it's a drop in the tank to him. Like, it's, 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 it's lint in the pocket compared to what he is actually worth. But he gave it away. And we look at that and we think, wow, that's amazing. That is so much money. But in comparison, Mark Zuckerberg is a JV water boy compared to the generosity of God. He doesn't even come close to being in the same comparison 
as the, the generosity of God. And so if you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Very familiar passage of scripture that, that most of us are, are familiar with. We probably know it by heart. But I think sometimes we miss the wow and the supernatural of John chapter 3. And this conversation that, that Jesus has with a religious leader by the name of, of Nicodemus. Nicodemus is come to Jesus, he's asking Jesus questions, and he's specifically asking questions about the kingdom of God and, and who Jesus is. And so Jesus begins to really just lay it all out there for him. And so John chapter 3, verse 16, we all know so well. For God so loved the world that he what? He what? He what? He gave. God so loved the world that he gave, not just a little bit of money, not just a little bit of something, but he gave to him, to us what is most valuable to him and what would be most valuable to us, his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish or die, but have eternal life. Verse 17 for God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And so right there in the middle of John chapter 3, we see the generosity of God displayed for all of us, don't we? In Jesus, we see the generosity of God right there in front of us. And, and we see it spelled out when, when Jesus himself says that God so loved the world that he gave. You don't have to turn there, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, Paul puts it this way. He says, he, Jesus, or God, he, God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And so Paul, the Apostle Paul himself says, hey, here's a reminder. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus? That God so loved that he gave. God's generosity, this is what I find most amazing about this passage. It's not so much that, that God gave and, and how much of a giver and the generosity of God that is here. That, that is amazing in and of itself, but the thing that amazes me just a little bit more is the fact that, that God's generosity through Jesus was pointed at his enemies. That the, the generosity of God giving Jesus Christ as a Savior was pointed at the enemies of God. What, now, what do I mean by that? We've got we to gotta look at the Scripture. We've got to look at everything there. Paul says in Ephesians that at one time you and I were enemies of God. That before we were rescued, before we were reconciled to God through salvation in Jesus Christ, that, that we were enemies of the cross. And so before we have come into salvation, before we have come into being a son and a daughter adopted through the blood of Jesus Christ, before that has happened, we were enemies of God. And so before 
Jesus was given, before this salvation had happened, when Jesus Christ was given over to us for rescue, God was giving over his son to his enemies. Now how does that change our view of generosity? You know who Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook isn't giving to? Twitter. Right? Mark Zuckerberg's not giving money to Twitter. He, he might give away $1 billion, but he ain't giving a penny to Twitter because they're competitors, right? They're, they're competing for the same market. And Twitter won me. So I'm, I'm just, you know, so like, I'm just, so he's not giving any money to them. But if you look at the generosity of God, God is saying, I'm giving it all to my enemies. It's out of his generosity that he rescues us. And so when you think about the gospel, we have to think about generosity. The gospel should compel and motivate us toward generosity as as imitators of christ and so here at the ridge we say it like this we say that that we exist to be a reflection of the gospel remember we talked about the gospel that good news and so we exist to be a reflection of that gospel so that those who are far from god will be awakened to life in christ and this reflection of the gospel is important that the reflection of the gospel that we talk about when we say we at the rich church exists to be this reflection of the gospel. That is both a personal statement and a corporate statement. So what that means is that that means that for you as a believer, your call as a believer is to reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ. Regardless of whether you're at the ridge or not, your call as a believer is to be a reflection of that gospel. But then when we come together as a body of believers, together we are also going to reflect that gospel. Paul in Ephesians, really the whole book of Ephesians leading up to Ephesians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul, he, he says, he, he, he lays out this reflection like this. He says that, that you and I have been chosen before the foundations of the earth, meaning that before anything was created, we were chosen by God and that we were predestined to be adopted into the fold as sons and daughters. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, redeemed by his blood. Even though we were born sinners, enemies of God, Ephesians chapter 2 says, because of his generosity, his great love, his mercy makes us alive in him. And we are saved by faith through what? Grace. And that grace that was given to us to save us, was given to us as a gift so that no man could boast about being able to say, hey, I did this myself. I saved myself. Paul says that grace was given to us as a gift so that no one could boast. And then he pours out gifts on us. Not only does he save us, he then, and he then blesses us and pours gifts out on us through the power of the Holy Spirit, giving us gifts, things that we could use to be able to reflect his gospel even better. And then he brings us from far off into his fold, gives us a hope. He gives us a purpose to walk in. And then he unifies us to other believers. 
gives us instruction on how to navigate life. And so Paul takes Ephesians 1 through 4, and he says, here's, here's your story. If you're a believer, here's your story. Here's, here's what God has brought you from. Here's what God has, has done for you. Then in Ephesians 5.1, he says, so therefore be imitators of God. He says, in light of all of these things, in light of the fact that you've been chosen, in light of the fact that you've been adopted, in light of the fact that you have been brought from far off, in light of the fact that you were once an enemy of God, but because of the great love and mercy for which God loved you with through his son, Jesus Christ, and gave himself up for you, in light of all of these things, therefore, be an imitator of God. And so, therefore, be a reflection of the gospel. So we have two motivations for generosity. We've already talked about the first one. And the first motivation is that we have been rescued. So our, our first motivation to be generous people is that you and I have been rescued. Specifically, Paul, in Ephesians 2, he says this. He says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so our first motivation for generosity is because we've been rescued. That we are called to be generous people because of the rescue and the generosity of God. If we're to reflect the gospel that he gives us, then should we not reflect generosity? Isn't that part of the equation? It is. And so we have to simply remember what you and I have been saved from and what we are being saved to. Think about that for a minute. Just take, take a second and think about that for a second. What is... What has God saved you from? Like we know what he's saved us from specifically. We know that he has saved us from hell. We know that he has saved us from that. But, but what has he specifically saved you from? What, what is in your deep family history that isn't a part of your story? Now, I, I can look at the biological side of my family and I can see drug addiction. I can see thievery. I can see all of those things. But God saved me from that. And I'm thankful for that. So what has he saved you from? And then what is he saving you to? He is saving us all to something glorious, isn't he? He's saving us to heaven. We know that. If you are a believer, we know that he's saved us from hell and he's saving us to heaven like we, like we get that, but what, what purpose has he called you to? And that, that's what Paul says in Ephesians. He said that, that, that God has given us a hope and a purpose. And so what purpose has he sa- is he saving you to? Those are the things that God has saved us from and he's saving us to. And out of those things, we should see our motivation for generosity. To look at those things and be thankful for them and out of our thankfulness be able to say, I'll, I want to be generous because God has been generous to me. I want to be generous with my time because God has been generous to me with his time. I want to be 
generous with my possessions because God has given me so much. And the second motivation is this. It's really quite simple. It's not ours. It's not ours. Whatever you have, it's not yours. You're like, oh, I'll work for it. Don't even get me started. But (laughs) you did work for it. But God gave you the ability to work for it. God gave you the brain power to put toward that. He gave you the energy. He, he gave you what you need to, to, to work for it. Generously, graciously. Paul puts it this way in Colossians 1. He says this. <clears throat> he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. You need something to know that you've been saved from and saved to? There it is. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? You look at Jesus. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And so whatever argument you have to put together about how something is yours, it just got crushed. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We see this in our kids, don't we? And it drives us crazy. For those of you that are, are parents, you'll know what I'm talking about, but, but you'll get your, your, your children something. Right? Maybe it's something cool, maybe it's just something to eat, but you, you get them something, right? I, I, we got our, our kids something to eat the other day, and I, and I reached over the table because it looked really good, and I, I snatched a chicken nugget from my son. Yeah, that was bad, right? It was bad. It's fight time, yeah? But like, I, 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 my, my son has gotten to this place now to where he, he, he immediately will say, he, he'll tell us, ask. You know, and we're like, so what? We did good. Good job, right? Like, we should ask first, right? So he's telling us, you know, that we should be more polite, right? You know, we should ask first. But when I, I reached over to get this chicken nugget the other day, when I reached over to get it and I put it in my mouth, I didn't ask, but I, I reached over and I just put it in my mouth and I, and I ate it. He goes, Daddy, that's mine. And I'm like, boy, ain't nothing yours. Did you buy that? <laughs> right? Like, like, you just like, <laughs> it, but it reminded me of, of the way that I am with God. When God's like, hey, you know what? You should give that. Uh-uh, that's mine. It's whose? You know, I kind of like, like picture God just kind of being like, I'm sorry, did you speak into my good ear? Because I just thought I heard you say that something was yours. like no that's mine it's not mine it's not yours it's his we get to use it we get to be blessed by it we get to hold on to a whole lot of it but every now and then God says can I just have a little bit 
back of something that I've, that I've given you. I want to use it for something greater than you. I want to use it for something a little bit bigger than you. I want to use it for something that, that will just blow you away. Can I just... See, for believers, for those of you who are followers of Christ, our motivations are simple. Our first motivation is because He's rescued us and He showed us generosity by giving us His Son, a generosity uh, that we will never be able to match. And secondly, we just have to look at our things as things that aren't ours anyway. So to bottom line it, to put it simply, we are generous because he was first generous to us. Our call to generosity is to be generous because he was first generous to us. And so how do we play how does that play out in our lives? How do we put that into action? How do we make that practical? That's next week. So to close, what I'd simply like to do is for us to ponder on the generosity of God. To sit and think, will you bring John 3.16 back up on the screen? To simply think about John 3.16, where Jesus said that for God so loved the world that he gave. what I'd like you to do is to just sit for a moment close your eyes maybe to just sit for a second to think about the generosity of God what has God so generously blessed you with you have your health children have health you have a job you have a a a means to be able to, to do something to provide you have a family that you love God blessed you with a with a spouse with a with children, with grandchildren, with great-grandchildren. What what has God blessed you with in your family? Do you have rescue from hell? You might look at some of these things and be like, my health is kind of bad, job situation really sucks, and I hate my family, but... been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I got that. And if you got that, you got a hope. So let me ask you a question. What did you do for those things? What did you do to get those things? You got a nice house. You got a, you got a car that runs. Maybe you got a boat. Just let the pastor borrow. You got... What do you, what do, what do you have? Pastors like to ski too. 
a second. But what, do, what do you have? What do you have that you're like, man, I'm so glad that I've got this. What did you do to get that? Nothing. <laughs> Ultimately. So, as we close, as we pray, be thankful for the generosity of God. Not only in our salvation, but just in the blessings that He's poured out on us. And if nothing else, the hope that He gives us for future blessings. Whatever that may be, whatever that might look like. Be thankful for what He has saved you from. Be hopeful for what He is saving you to. And out of that generosity, let's let that generosity compel and motivate us toward reflecting that generosity in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God for so much of the generosity that, that you have poured out on us, God. A generosity that we will never be able to match. God, a generosity that, that we will never be able to come close to repaying. So God, we just say thank you for all that you have given us. For all that you're doing for us. God, even in times of bad health or tough family times or bad job situations, God, or, or places where we find ourselves in want or need. God, we know that if we hold on to the hope of the gospel, there's something that we have all that we need. So let us be content with what you've given us. And God, let the generosity of the salvation that you give us drive us and compel us to live our lives reflecting that generosity.